0: Welcome to the Living Rock podcast. Good morning. Good morning. Um, It's good to be here. Uh, Isn't God good? He's so good. It's such a it's such a privilege to be able to gather here and worship Him. Do you know that is a privilege? We did not deserve that. Uh, We were all uh, born into sin. We're all separated from God. We did not deserve to be here, but He sent His Son Jesus to die in our place, to take our sins on. The perfect man became uh, sin, was on Him. And He made a way for us to be with God forever again. And what a privilege it is to be here and to be able to worship Him, to be able to hear testimonies. God is very much alive, He's very much doing things. We've heard stories of that today, so it's a real privilege. Who's uncomfortable just by looking at that title? <laughs> we're going to talk about being uncomfortable today. We're British. <laughs> exactly. We, we do not like that, do we? We're so, we're so English sometimes. Um, you know, there's, <clears throat> there's many stories in the Bible of, uh, of people who get themselves into uncomfortable situations. Um, I always think, like, when, when God said to Noah, build me an ark in the middle of a very dry place, I thought, that must be quite uncomfortable. He had all these people mocking him and saying, what are you doing? That must be so uncomfortable. Or I think about Daniel, you know, goes into a den of lions. That must be quite uncomfortable. (laughs) Help me, God, what what do I do here? I think about when Jesus calls uh, Peter to step out of the boat onto water. Mm -hmm. That must be quite uncomfortable as well. Uh, I think about the woman who pushes through the crowd to get her healing. That must be really uncomfortable, yeah. to push through all of these people to get the thing that you want. Uh, and you think, what will they think of me? That must be really uncomfortable. But we're going we're gonna to read a story today. Um, I've tried to fit this into Joshua, because we're going through Joshua. And I think it does, so bear with me. Um, but we're going to read about another uncomfortable situation. And uh, a people that had to get out of their Comfort zone to get the thing that God promised for them. So, if you could turn to Numbers thirteen, please. Um, So, just to give you a bit of background, whilst we're turning there, uh, we're going to read about God's people who have they've been in Egypt for many, many years, many, many years. Um, I tried to look this up on the internet to try and see if anybody knows how many years it actually was that they were there. They reckon about four hundred. And that's a long time to be in a place of, uh, of slavery. Um, but they've been in Egypt, and then uh, God calls Moses to, to lead them out and to go and take the promised land. So God has a place for them. It's not Egypt. It's somewhere else. And Moses comes, and he helps lead them out. Um, God helps them escape. He brings all these plagues on Egypt. You know the story, the 12 plagues? 10, 12, 10, 12. And... Uh, they come out, and then he, he parts the sea. I mean, that's wacky, isn't it? <laughs> he parts the sea. I don't believe that's just a story. I believe that's real. God parted the sea. Blows my mind. Um, so they walk through, not getting wet. He uh, crushes their enemy. The animals all get drowned. And then they start walking through the desert towards this promised land. And whilst they are walking there, God provides food for them from the sky manner it's called, miracle food. And uh, rather than being like, wow, this is amazing, they complain because it's like, oh, we're having the same food every day. But all while they're experiencing the presence of God as well, they're, they're camping every so often and the presence of God is there uh, in a cloud at day and in a pillar of fire at night, which again blows my mind. Like, I, I don't know what that looks like, but it's crazy. So they've been set free. They're on a mission. They have a promise and God is with them. And eventually they get close to Canaan, and, uh, which is the promised land, and, and we're going to pick up the story here. So we're in Numbers 13. Is everybody there? Yeah. Good. Okay, verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, send men to scout out the land of Canaan. I am giving to the Israelites. So note that this is a promise. God says, I am giving them the land. He's promised it send one man who is a leader among them from each of their ancestral tribes. And Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran at the Lord's command. All the men were leaders in Israel. And then we've got this list of names of all these people who go and they, they look at this land. So then verse 16, these are the names of the men Moses sent to scout out the land. And Moses renamed Hoshea, son of Nun, Joshua. Surprise, surprise, he's the man that we're looking at today because we're in the book of Joshua. Uh, and then Moses sends the men out. They, they go and explore the land. And we're going to go to t- verse 25. It says, at the end of the 40 days, they returned from scouting out the land. The men went back to Moses, Aaron, and the entire Israelite community in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back a report for them and the whole community, and they showed them the fruit of the land. They reported to Moses, we went into the land where you sent us. Indeed, it is flowing with milk and honey. And here is some of its fruits. However, everyone say, however, 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 the people living in the land are strong and the cities are large and fortified. We also saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites are living in the land of the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live by the sea and along the Jordan. Verse 30. Then Caleb uh, quieted the people in the presence of Moses and said, we must go up and take possession of the land because we can, everyone say we can. we can. We can certainly conquer it. But the men who had gone up from with him responded, we can't go up against the people because they're stronger than we are. So they gave a negative report to the Israelites about the land they had scouted, uh, saying the land we passed through to explore is one that devours its, its inhabitants, and all the people we saw in it are men of great size. We even saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak, come from the Nephilim. To ourselves, we seemed like grasshoppers, and we must have seemed the same to them. Chapter 14. Then the whole community broke into loud cries, and the people wept that night. All the Israelites complained about Moses and Aaron, (laughs) and the whole community told them, "'If only we had died in the land of Egypt.'" Or if only we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to die by the sword? Our wives and little children will become plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? So they said to one another, Let's appoint a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell down with their faces to the ground in front of the whole assembly of the Israelite community, Joshua, son of Nurn, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, I struggle with that one, who were among those uh, who scouted out the land. They tore their clothes, and they said to the entire Israelite community, the land we passed through and explored is an extremely good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into this land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and give it to us. Verse nine, only don't rebel against the Lord, and don't be afraid of the people of the land, for we will devour them. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Yeah. Don't be afraid of them. Yeah. Yeah. So after this, they, uh, they spend 40 years wandering through the desert. It's taken them 40 days to get to the promised land, and uh, basically because they, they don't believe that they can take it apart from these two guys. They now have to wander through the desert for 40 years. So they've had 400 years in Egypt. They've had 40 days going through the desert to get to the promised land, and now they've got 40 years of wandering through the desert before they can come back. Um, I find it interesting that they could have had the promise there and then. Yeah, that's right. They could have had it there and then yeah, right. after only 40 days. But then they had to wait for 40 years before they could take it. Um, imagine if God has a promise for us to take now, uh, but instead we, we stay comfortable and we don't get it for another 40 years' time. In 40 years, I'm going to be 68. I know, can you believe it? I don't want to inherit a promise when I'm 68 that I could have now. Cool. Okay, turn to Deuteronomy 31. Uh, we're going to skip 40 years. You'll be pleased to know. <laughs> Deuteronomy 31, uh, verse 7. It says this Moses then summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel Be strong and courageous, for you will go with this people into the land swore to give to their fathers. The Lord swore to give to their fathers. You will enable them to take possession of it. The Lord is the one who will go before you, he will be with you, he will not leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Note that the, the, the promise is the same. The Lord is the same. He sends the same things. But he's saying it to a man who, as we're going to discover, is willing to step out of his comfort zone and take the land. Okay, now let's turn to Joshua 1. This is where I get a tick for being in Joshua. <laughs> uh, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, who had served Moses. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Okay, we're going to skip down to verse 6. Be strong and courageous. We've heard this in this uh, series already, haven't we? Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to their fathers to give them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and very courageous. Are we getting the message? "...to carefully observe the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn to it from the left or to the right, so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to recite it day and night, so that you may carefully observe everything written in it, for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do." Verse 9, and Then this is our key verse today. "...Haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous... Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And we're going to cut a long story short here. In chapter 6, God gives them this uh, instruction of how to take the land. Essentially, walk around some walls, and he's going to make them fall down when you shout. Crazy. <laughs> Almost as crazy as a sea's parting, or, you know, it's very God. Not that God's crazy, you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> But you read it, he gives them these instructions and they they do what he says this time, they walk around and lo and behold on the seventh day they walk around it seven times and the last time the whole, uh, the worship team and all the people shout, the walls come down and they take the land. Lord, I just pray that as we continue now you really um, speak to us. God, we open up our hearts and our ears to you. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would um, challenge us, but also give us great security and faith in who you are and what you want to do uh, this morning. Amen. Amen. So I want to talk about getting out of our comfort zones. And this is something that's been on my heart for quite a long time now, something I really believe God wants to speak to us about. And... uh, I'm very much preaching to myself as, as well as everyone else today. I, am, I do not have this nailed. <laughs> um, but you know, if, if we're not careful, the, the Christian life can become so comfortable. You know, when, when we get saved, the, the day you got saved, um, you received a ticket to heaven, which is fantastic. It's amazing. You're going to heaven. A bit like Monopoly, instead of a go straight to jail card, you've got to go straight to heaven card if you want it. Um, but we, we have the option of whether we want to live a comfortable life or if we want to live an uncomfortable life. And I, and I would say uncomfortable is synonymous for an adventurous life. Okay? So, option one the comfortable life. We enjoy our salvation, we go to church on Sundays. Occasionally, we go to a life group, maybe, <laughs> and, and we sit tight till Jesus comes back or until we, we die and go to heaven. That, that's option one. That's the comfortable Christian life because you've got your ticket to heaven. You know, that, that's it. Like, you're going to heaven. Fantastic. You could sit here and be so comfortable. Or option two, the uncomfortable life, aka the life of adventure, is we choose to believe that we have a job to do yeah. Yeah. and we're here for a reason. And we have a person inside us who wants to help us and who wants to show us how exciting our new life can be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we see people saved. Yeah, yeah. We see healings. We see breakthroughs. We see disciples made, and we, we see heaven on earth. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the second option. I know which one I want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to just sit tight. I want to see those things. I want to see heaven on earth. Yeah, yeah. But a life of adventure, um, it, it happens when we decide to leave our comfort zone. Uh, and we're called to a life of adventure. We're called to a life of mission. This is why we're here. Yes. Yeah. I've got news. We're not here to sit tight. <laughs> we're here because there's a mission for us. If we sit tight, how, how boring. I'll be honest, that's a boring life. I don't want to be bored. What a waste. It's not that God doesn't want us to relax or have time off, but he does want us to prioritize him and his kingdom and his mission us. And the challenge is this, are we willing to be uncomfortable in order to see these things happen? Because when we allow ourselves to be uncomfortable, that's when we start seeing God's kingdom coming where we are. And that's what we see from the story that we've read. Um, We've got God's people who, they've been in Egypt for such a long time. Uh, They reckon about 400 years. And so in my mind, I'm like, well, lots of people would have been born in Egypt. I mean, it's it's very rare that somebody lives for a 400 years, you know, <laughs> apart from some people in the Bible. But 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 people would have been born there, they would have grown up there, they would have died there, and so for these people, it would have been so familiar to them. We read this story outside of it, and we think, oh, Egypt, what a terrible place. But some people, it was all they knew. It was familiar to them. It was routine, and. Uh, Even though they were captives and slaves, it it was very much the same old, same old for them. And, you know, sometimes uh, when we're in a comfort zone, it can quickly be the thing that enslaves us. When when we're so comfortable, when something is so familiar, it can actually enslave us. It can be in Egypt for us. Um, Egypt can feel really comfortable sometimes. We can become a slave to our comfort zones, and we, can't, we can, can be hard to break free from that comfort. Um, let me tell you this. The enemy would love you to stay in Egypt. You know when, when they were escaping, going through the, the sea? The enemy chased them. <laughs> they, he did not want them to leave. The enemy would like you to stay there. That's one of the reasons why baptism is so important. Let me say, if you've not been baptized... You really must be baptized. When you get baptized, it's a picture of what happened on that day. You go through the waters of baptism, and your old life is buried. The, the things that were holding you back, the enemy, buried. Your old life buried, and you are raised up to a new life of Jesus. It's fantastic. You know, baptism is not just for, for one day, but I draw on that every day. I was baptized when I was uh, 10, 18 years ago but I still draw on what happened on that day because there's still things that need to be put to death and uh, we, we draw on that. It's interesting, the story, that even though the Israelites saw the promised land, they, they thought it would be better to go back to Egypt. <laughs> um, they saw all these amazing things, but then they saw the people in the land and they became intimidated and uncomfortable, and uh, it's almost like they, they were blind to the captivity that they were in. Yes. Uh, they wanted to go back to a place that was, that was familiar, instead of trusting God to take them into the land that he'd promised. Um, they were really uncomfortable, but we, we've got these two guys, Caleb and Joshua, And uh, they're the ones who trusted God and were willing to get out of their comfort zone in order to see God's promises fulfilled. Uh, You know, Joshua saw the situation. He he was there with the others. It's not like they saw two different things. (laughs) They all saw the land. They all saw the people in the land. But Joshua was like, but I also see God. And I also know the promises that God has given us. And I trust him. He wanted to go in. And then we have this great moment in Joshua 1, 2, where it says, Moses is dead, therefore the time has now come. The time of wandering and waiting is over. It's time for an adventure. It's time to get into the promised land. So I was thinking, what what is the the promised land for us? What what are the things that God has promised us? Um, What are the things he's promised us individually But as a church as well, Mm -hmm. what does the adventure look like? Because I want an adventure. Mm -hmm. I don't want to just sit tight. Mm -hmm. I want to be uncomfortable. Um, Here's the thing. Market Harborough will be saved. Yeah. 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 We're going to see salvations in this town. Hear me right. Prayer meetings, when we pray for salvation, it's fantastic. I love that but we have to couple it with action. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We, we can pray for salvation. God wants us to do that, but he also wants us to move. Yeah. He also wants us to speak to people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we uh, yeah, we got, we, we have to pray and we have to move. Yeah. There's two things. We can't just do one and not the other. We can move, but without prayer, we might be moving in the wrong place. We can pray, but without moving, it it might just stay a prayer. Don't get me wrong, God is sovereign. He he can do whatever he wants, Mm -hmm. but but we're here for a reason. We're here on a mission. We've got to be a people of action. The Great Commission is all about action. It starts with the word go. It's an action word. What about this as a promise? The church meeting the needs of the people, the town. Mm -hmm. How about that? And when I say church, I don't mean this room, it's us, people. There's people in here who live in houses all over the town. What if your neighbor comes to you and says, will you help me with this? That's the church meeting the needs of the people. We've got to get a bigger mindset as to why we're here. What about this is a promise, victory in every area of our lives. Wow. (laughs) I've got news. Jesus has already won the victory. We can have victory in every area of our, every area of our lives, Hallelujah. health and wholeness in our bodies and minds, yeah. a spirit-led life. Yeah. Whew, this is exciting. <laughs> a life where every day you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, because He's inside you. You follow His directions. You move in gifts. Spiritual gifts are not just for Sunday mornings. Hello. <laughs> You know, you can bring a prophecy or a word of knowledge to your neighbor. You don't have to go, if you're my neighbor, Tilly, you don't have to say, thus says the Lord, you will, blah, 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 you know. You don't have to, like, put on some kind of, like, Sunday morning show. But you can bring the word of the Lord, because he's in you. So what's stopping us? Well, I think... In some ways, we are getting comfortable. This is where you might become uncomfortable, okay? <laughs> Just to prepare you. In some ways, we are getting too un- too comfortable. We've got comfort zones. We've got areas in our lives where we're so familiar with things. It's such a routine. Without even realising it, it's something that's, um, that's trapping us. Um, and I thought... Uh, I thought I'd show you some funny examples first, <laughs> and then we'll move on to the, here's what God is saying sort of thing, you know. <laughs> um, we have a video. Have we got a video, guys? We've got a video of, of, um, of two friends who, uh, they have this moment, and they're so comfortable, and they don't want to leave the comfort zone. So uh, maybe you've seen this, maybe you haven't, but we're going to watch that. Um one of the things I love doing with uh, Kim is we go to John Lewis and I say, let's go to uh, floor three. I think it is. Let's go to floor three. That's where they've got the furniture. <laughs> I say, I'm just I'm just going to try these chairs out. <laughs> and I go around the chairs and I sit in them and I I find the comfy chairs. and I, Oh, it's just like those guys. <laughs> so comfortable. Um, have you ever been away from home? And then you come back and you're in your own bed. And maybe the sheets are clean if you've been prepared before. And you get in and he's like, oh, I'm so comfortable. <laughs> Have you ever stepped on a plug? Oh, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I I find this uncomfortable. Have you been in a really awkward conversation? Or maybe you're talking to somebody and they're not like, they're not giving you the, the normal social, like, you talk and they talk and maybe they're a bit quieter and, and like I'm talking, I'm talking and I'm not getting anything back. And I'm like, oh, I'm so uncomfortable right now. This is really awkward. (laughs) There's lots of little things that, that we can find comfortable or uncomfortable. Um, you know, I was praying, I said, God, what, what are the areas where we're right now? We're a bit comfortable and, um, we, we need to move out of our comfort zones. So I've just got a few here. um, how we choose to spend our time. Um, here's some questions for us. How, how is our devotional life? How's our prayer? Um, how's our own worship? Worship isn't just for Sundays. <laughs> you know, do, do we worship God um, outside of Sundays or outside of life groups? How are we reading the Word? How long do we give God of our time? Do we prioritize Him? what kind of stuff are we doing in the evenings? It's, it's so comfortable to get home from work after a long day, and you, all you want to do is sit down, relax, have a night off. And those things are not wrong all the time. But are we more comfortable doing that than inviting in our neighbour who really needs someone to talk to? Um, are we so much in our comfort zone that, that we, we don't say, oh, it's fine, like, you're more important than, than me right now. It's more important that I, that I bring you the word of God. Um, or, or do we kind of like shut ourselves away and, you know, we go through time never, never speaking to anybody because we're, we're comfortable. Again, I'm not saying that we should, you know, every night of the week we have to be doing something. It's really good to rest as well. Um, but we're, we're here to reach people. Um, is your mobile phone sucking up your time? That's a real challenge for us. It's a challenge for me. Am I, am I so comfortable just scrolling through all the time? There's nothing new to see. Why am I still scrolling? You know, I feel that's a challenge for us. Do we spend more time flicking through Facebook or Instagram? Than we do saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do right now? Um, I had a funny thing happen to me. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking about this, this message and um, praying about it. And I, I was challenging myself. I said, God, I, I need to be more uncomfortable. <laughs> and um, it was lunchtime and normally at lunchtime I, I would walk up to the shop and get something for lunch. Normally I would walk up the road, I'd take my phone out check if I've had any missed calls or texts or whatever and and respond, you know. And uh, I took my phone out and it was off. And I didn't turn it off, it was just off. I thought, this is weird. Um, And I tried to turn it on and it wouldn't turn on. I thought, oh no, what's happened? My phone's not working. And I was trying everything. I tried like the whole hold it down for 50 seconds to restart it and it wouldn't restart. And I thought, oh, I'm going to have to take it to the shop and get it fixed. And anyway, I put it back in my pocket. And uh, up ahead of me, I saw a man who was limping along the road. And, um, and, and God said to me, your phone's off because you need to... There's, there's a job for you to do here. <laughs> and obviously, you know, because being real, I debated it backwards and forwards. Is this God? Is it me? Should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? What, what about, you know, all these things. Um, and in the end, he—I missed the opportunity. And uh, I bought my lunch, and then I looked at my phone, and it was on, and it was fine, Com- completely normal, like it ne- nothing had ever happened. And God said to me, "I turned your phone off because you need to get used to being uncomfortable. You need to get out of that habit, and I've got things for you to do." And I, and I said, "Lord, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> I missed it this time, but you know, next time I'm going to be—I'm going to be on the ball." Um, Are we willing for our our everyday lives to be interrupted for the sake of the kingdom? Um, How about this? Are we comfortable in our gatherings, Um, Sundays, life groups, when we have people over for dinner? The church church doesn't just gather on Sundays. It gathers all the time. Like if I go to Matt and Danny's house, the church is gathering. But are are we getting, uh, do we get uncomfortable with the idea of moving in, in spiritual gifts? because that's reserved for Julian Bowden. (laughs) I'm just being real. Like, Like, people can, we can sit here and we see Julian prophesying every week. Fantastic. But prophecy is not reserved for one man. Like, we're all called to prophesy. And that might be uncomfortable, but we're called to move out of our comfort zones because God wants to speak to the church, not just through one man, but through all of us. It's so easy to say, oh, someone else will do it. Yeah. My voice isn't needed. I'm not very eloquent. Maybe the, the enemy has convinced us to hold our tongues. Yeah. It's so, um, it can be uncomfortable to say amen to something when someone's speaking. Mm-hmm. That can be uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. You're all going to say amen now. I know you are. <laughs> But, you know, there's, when, when you speak, there's power. The, the word says power comes through your tongue, the power of life or death. Yeah. You can speak and you can bring death to a situation, but you can also bring life. Yeah. Right. Don't let the enemy stop your tongue from, from speaking. Are we getting uh, too comfortable when we think about opening up our homes? It can be uncomfortable to have strangers in your house. That's not something that the world does. If you're a friend, come in. But if you're not, I'm not interested. It's more comfortable to keep the front door shut and locked. Um, We might say, uh, am I worried about what people might think of my house? Do I like things to be a certain way? Um, And is that actually stopping, stopping me from opening up my home to people? Because I like things just so. I can't open up my house because it's my own space where I like to relax. It's fine. I don't need to invite them into my house. I'll just get them to come on a Sunday. They're they're the things that we can say and that feels comfortable. But we are called to have people in our homes. We're not just called to invite someone on a Sunday. Great. Bring them on Sundays. Absolutely. They'll hear the word of God. They'll get to experience what worshipping God looks like. But we all have a house that needs to be used by the Holy Spirit, yeah. by us. And that can feel uncomfortable. Maybe this is the big, one of the biggest ones is the fear of man. You know, one of the things that the Israelites said uh, when they came across Canaan is, we must look like grasshoppers. Look at them, they're so big. They, they feared them. Um it can feel really uncomfortable to put yourself out there on on the line. Um, It's way more comfortable to be reserved, to be British, (laughs) to shy away when God tells us to speak to people. What will they think of me? What if they say no? What if I mess it up? What if God doesn't come through for me? I don't know what to say, will I look stupid? You know, these are all questions that go through our minds when the Holy, Spirit says, says, the Holy Spirit says to us, oh, do this. And all those questions can flood through your mind. But the good news is, thank you. <laughs> the good news is that there is a way that we can move out of these comfort zones. Yeah. And I, I believe God wants us to. So if you like taking notes, I've got three Fs. If you like notes and alliteration, this is for you. (laughs) Three Fs. The first is faith. It takes faith to move out of your comfort zone. But God loves faith. Um, It was a lack of faith that stopped the Israelites getting into the Promised Land the first time round. Being uncomfortable means that you need to really trust God. Even if it seems like it's a weird idea, like the whole walking around a wall to make it fall down. That, that's, that's odd. <laughs> that's not normal. It takes faith to do that, to trust God. Even faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains. Um, do we trust him? The second F is this, fear the Lord, don't fear man. Fearing the Lord is the antidote to fearing man. The fear of man will keep you locked up in your comfort zone. The fear of the Lord will compel you to move out of your comfort zone and to see the promised land. Fearing the Lord isn't being scared of God. That's not what we're talking about. Fearing the Lord is putting him first because you recognize who he is. He's God. I'm not. He knows best and I don't. So I put him first. I trust him. Third F is friend. Friend. This is so important. You, you, you have to know who it is who's inside you. Not just know, as in I have an understanding, but you have to know him. Like I know Tilly. Sorry to keep picking on you, Tilly. But I know Tilly. I've spent time with Tilly. I, know, I think I know the sorts of things she likes. I know my wife very well. I know everything she likes and dislikes, you know. Um, but you, you have a best friend who lives in you. A best friend. Can I just say this? If you, if you ever feel lonely, there's someone inside you who's your best friend. There's so many lonely people in the world today And from the outside, it might appear like you've got all the friends, you you know, you're Mr. Popular, Miss Popular, whatever. But really, they're lonely. You you can feel lonely in a church. It's not good. (laughs) But sometimes that can happen. But You know, we we have to introduce people to their best friend, my best friend. He's with me all the time, all the time. He knows everything about me. He knows what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. He encourages me. He, he, he uh, urges me on. He tells me to do something. And he's like, you can do it. I believe in you because I'm inside you. This is the Holy Spirit. He's my best friend. He has everything you need. If we spend time with him every day, if we learn his voice, if we, if we, we do what he says... He will always tell you to do something because that's, that's what he's like. <laughs> if we do what he says, he, he won't let us feel. Um, uh, put it this way all, all of those questions we have before, he'll help sort all of that out yeah. because he's telling us to do something. Yeah. Do we trust him? Good. I trust him. I trust the Holy Spirit with everything because he's God. <laughs> <laughs> he, knows, he knows what I need to do. He knows the best for me. So we are on a mission. There, there is a town full of people out there. I love having big windows here because we can see, we start to see the people outside. There's a town full of people out there who need to hear the good news. They need to. There's people out there who are sick. God wants to heal them. There's people out there who need hope. We have hope. We carry hope. There's people out there who um, are struggling financially. Here's an uncomfortable situation. Would we give somebody some money? Every time I walk past a homeless person, I think, Am, am I um, am I okay to step out of my comfort zone and give them some money? And, you know, you can say, well, they might just use that money for drugs anyway or whatever. But, you know, there's people in need. There's people in need. And we have the Holy Spirit inside of us who wants us to go out, step out of our comfort zone and meet the needs of the people. There's friends and neighbors that we see every day who need hope in their lives. They need healing. We're the ones who can tell them the good news. God's place is here for a purpose. And that purpose is not to sit and do nothing. It's to be people who are willing to be used by him to be vessels for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Stepping out of your comfort zone is its laying your life down in worship to God. Worship is not just singing a song. I hope we know that. It's not just singing songs on Sundays. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's putting him first in, in everything. My whole life is worship to Jesus. It's a sacrifice. If worship never costs anything, it's not worship. And there's, I really feel this. There, there is a call from heaven. You'll know this verse, Isaiah 6, verse 8. It says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? That's right. yeah. Who will go for us? There's a question, there's a call. And I said, Here I am, send me. That's challenging. But I want to be someone who responds to that call. Who says, Lord, here I am, you can send me, you can trust me, I'll go for you. Um, just to kind of finish this off, there's, a, there's a, another video I'd like us to watch. It's a song. And I heard this song this week. And um, I nearly cried when I heard it. Nearly. It's a song about that verse. There's this call from heaven Who can I send? I, I hate the thought that there's a call from heaven saying, Who will I send? And there's a church who are, who are sat around just just enjoying Sundays. The, the the thought of that just that's not why we're here. We have to respond. We have to respond. So I want us to I want us to watch this video. Um, we'll, we'll uh, close things after that. But uh, yeah. Please, please listen to the words. The words are on the screen, which is helpful. Um, yeah, go for it, chaps. We'll leave it there. I encourage you to listen to that song again. You know, we, we had a funeral at the building this week for a lady called Marjorie Dean. And without Marjorie, this, this church wouldn't be here, quite literally. Her and her husband, Roy, and a group of others were part of a small group of Christians who started a church that believed um, that uh, the Holy Spirit is real, that Ephesians 4 gifts to the church are real and for today. Uh, All of those um, foundational things that we believe, Marjorie was one of the people who stood for that and said, we're going to build a church that we see in the Bible, and somebody was reading in her funeral one of um, a note from one of her diary entries, I think. And it's this very simple quote, Christianity isn't for wimps. <laughs> and I heard that and I thought, that's so true. It's not. Um, so I want to kind of finish with this. Are you willing to trust God and to step out? Are we willing to say, here we are, Lord, send us. And if we are, I I can promise you, you'll have a life of adventure. You will. You'll have a life of adventure. Um, It's not easy to step out of your comfort zone. That's why it's called a comfort zone. (laughs) It's not easy, and it it can be scary at times, but I have to say this again. There is a town, there's a world waiting to hear the good news. Um, Let's not wait 40 years to inherit the promises that God has for us. Um, be strong and courageous, the words that he said to Joshua. Uh, he knows that we might be scared, but he tells us what to do. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who, who uh, strengthens me. Psalm 121, where does my help come from? <laughs> the Lord, he's in us this week we're going to be meeting people who don't know Jesus. We're going to be meeting people who are sick. We're going to be meeting people who need help. God's put us in our workplaces, our schools, on our streets in the town to tell them about Jesus. That's why we're here. So are we willing to step out of our comfort zone and tell them? I want to say this. I hope we will all stand, but I would like you to stand as a response if you want to say, yes, I am willing. Um, don't, don't just stand because you feel like you need to. Um, the, the fear of man. <laughs> we talked about that earlier. But God is looking for a people who are willing to say, here I am, send me. That's a sacrifice we make. It's a challenge. But if, if that is you, and if you want to say, I want that life of adventure... I want to see people come to Christ, I want this town to be influenced by Jesus, then I want us to stand and, and sing the chorus of that song that we just uh, saw as a response, because we want to say, God, here we are, send me, use me for your glory. I love that word, write me in your story. How brilliant. I, I, I want to get to heaven and, and, and for God's sake, do you know what? This part of the story had your name all over it. These people was because of you. This this, this thing happened because your name was written in that story. What a fantastic thing to hear. So I make that appeal to you. I want us to be a church who stands and responds, but only if we truly want to put God first in everything. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.